What's up people? Welcome back to Boss DK the podcast where we keep it real. We hope you're enjoying the stories we're putting out there for you. If you have a unique story to tell or if you know someone who has a unique story, then please do send us your nomination on Instagram, Twitter or bossdkpodcast@gmail.com. When it comes to working towards change, it can be difficult to create the momentum needed to make an impact unless we are fortunate enough to be in a position of power or influence and use that to really drive grassroots activism. The story of Dr. Shivananda R. Koteshwar embodies this principle and intent. Dr. Shivananda R. Koteshwar, also known as Shivu, has over 25 years of experience in the semiconductor industry. He is currently working with Synopsys India as the design group digital implementation site leader and R&D head. Shivu is a mentor of change at Atal Innovation Mission, Niti Aayog Government of India, SIG member, ESSCI which is the Electronic Sector Skills Council of India and IIT Skill Development Working Group member. Shivu is extremely active in mentoring startups catering to edtech and learning space. Shivu is presently co-founder investor in Your Philanthropy Story, a platform that covers stories of individuals creating change in society, and Asmat Guru Educational Services, Creda Loka, and Toolkit for Life. Shivu is the founding trustee of Belaku Trust, focusing on rural education, skill development, and experiential learning. Today we are going to be speaking to Shivu all about the wonderful work that he's been doing with Belaku Trust for children across rural areas of Karnataka. Welcome to the Boss DK podcast Shivu. Thank you very much. So Shivu, when we kind of actually read your profile, you are involved in a whole number of social causes, right? You are a member of Niti Aayog, you are a member of the Atal Innovation Mission which are like really dedicated to education and especially in the Ketpel area so has that always been a cause that is close to your heart is that the genesis of belaku how did the entire journey of belaku come about actually the start of the whole thing the education journey didn't start with the ketwal education at all uh, when i first moved back from us uh, like anybody else i just wanted to teach and uh, you know give my time on the weekends uh, to the engineering students and uh, master students so I, re- i reached out to all the engineering colleges in bangalore um and told them just if you want a free lecture let me know i can teach on the weekends that's how my journey started and of course nobody responded to me this is in 2001 um because i just had a masters degree i didn't have a phd i didn't have many other educational qualifications which is really required to actually do a guest lecture i mean i didn't know about this so i applied nobody responded and uh, i was lucky to meet uh, ex professor from uh, ms ramaya institute of technology um he told me that you know there is no value for you if you go and approach the engineering colleges better they come to you then at least they will value your time because you are a corporate guy and uh, for you to prepare for an hour of presentation you would have spent 3 4 hours of you know hard work and if they don't value that after a point in time you will lose interest in uh, going for engineering colleges Uh, then also he told me you know instead of going for engineering uh, students uh, undergraduate students why don't you start with masters uh, students mm-hmm. and that's how my journey started i actually reached out to the masters program in ramaya ms ramaya school of advanced studies started teaching 2001 um, and and the journey just began from there i, I you know eventually was in the advisory board there uh, multiple programs were released in uh, ramaya so till 2010 i was pretty much focusing on the higher education space that's when i realized 
uh, if you really want to make a change, you really need to look at K-12 space and not really, you know, look at the engineering or the post-graduation space. That's when I jumped into the K-12 space and my journey started in the K-12 arena at that time. So mm -hmm. my passion has always been in teaching um, and interacting with the kids and trying to do my bit to help the students. And uh, now, of course, we cover the entire spectrum of uh, K-12 plus, uh, you know, the four years of uh, engineering or undergrad program. So it's kind of becoming a K-17 kind of a program we do. Shiva, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you came back from the U.S. like everybody else who comes back to the U.S. and starts to do uh, something like this. I don't think many people coming back from the U.S. want to come back <laughs> and teach children. So there must have been something that uh, triggered this thought in your head. Uh, what was that? Okay. As a tutor, I think I've always been a tutor of my life. When I was in seventh standard, I used to teach uh, my classmates and uh, he's, he's a very dear friend of mine, Ram Krishna. You know, I still remember teaching him in seventh, eighth, ninth and in tenth, he actually scored more than me. Uh, so I've been a tutor. Uh, I always, you know, in my engineering days also, I used to teach uh, a lot of students. Uh, uh, I used to teach a bunch of Andhra kids, uh, whether it's a civil or IP or mechanical, electrical, I used to teach every subject, whatever I could uh, study and teach. The only uh, advantage I used to have because of that was the, their parents, right? Mothers used to invite me for lunch and I used to get free lunch and dinners. And that that's how my you know journey of tutoring started. And I always liked, you know, tuition. So I got an opportunity to interact with students, uh, you know, from the day one, once I came back to India and started interacting with the engineering kids in Ramaya. It's funny, I think all of us, when we tutor a friend, all of us have a story where the friend scored more than, uh, you know, than us after tutoring them, right? Um, yeah, it's mainly because you know what to tell and yeah. you might not follow what you're telling us. <laughs> yeah, my, my best friend is a victim to that. Uh, I've, I've scored more than him after him teaching me so I can relate. Yeah. Uh, but um, Shiva, one thing that we realize in, you know, when we generally scan around, the work that's happening in corporate social responsibility specifically. We see a lot of work and I think a lot of the corporates are actually focused in the K-12 area, right? Because obviously the early childhood learning becomes extremely critical, right? So when you look at the programs, every corporate out there is actually focused on K-12. But really, I don't think that is covering even half of the need that is there in India. What has been your view of it? See, there are two kinds of CSR activities. Most of the people get involved in, right? I don't want to condemn anyone, but my experience and my observation is what I'm sharing right now. Most of them are doing it primarily to get the marketing uh, coverage for the CSR activities, right? So if you're really wanting to do something for coverage, then there are many superficial activities you can do. You know, get a photo there, put it on Insta and Facebook, you get 100 likes, you get a coverage in one of the newspapers. I mean, if you pay another some, some amount of money, of course, you get a lot of coverage. And if you want to do it just for the, because uh, there is a law uh, around it, then of course you're not achieving anything. At the same time, I see a majority of companies and individuals who's doing fantastic job in the CSR uh, arena, where they really are making a difference in the K-12 space. And usually, again, my experience says that when they try to approach the colleges or the schools directly, it doesn't work. They usually work with uh, you know NGO in between, and that's right. been very effective model. So whenever a corporate plus an NGO uh, works with a dedicated school or a college, 
it really makes a difference and as per the law so it cannot be a one time activity it needs to be a continuous involvement and you know uh, working with the schools and colleges and wherever we have seen uh, companies working with uh, individuals or with the schools for a you know longer period of time we have seen a big difference and we have seen that mm-hmm. change which is happening in the uh, space also i can name many companies who have been consistently working with the uh, specific ngos for last 15 years and uh, you know you see a difference you know after like seven or eight year so if you are expecting a big change to happen in the first two three years it is not going to happen so we need to be aware of that so if the com- companies who are aware of that are definitely making a big difference so sustenance is the name of the game not just yeah. a flash in the pan yes if it has to be involvement sustenance and the right person who's driving it that's very very important because you need to have a, a leader in the corporate uh, community who's actually driving this to the closure uh, starting something is very easy but sustaining it and making sure that you achieve the milestones which were set at the beginning of your journey is very very important so we we've seen it very effective because most of the corporate guys take it as a project like they do uh, in the regular job and uh, take it to the closure so that's the biggest uh, difference we have seen so shivu how did you come to the conclusion that the biggest intervention that could drive change is by supporting the anganwadi workers um as i told you earlier uh, when we were interacting with the engineering colleges right you have this four years of engineering and then you struggle uh, in the final year to do a finishing uh, school for them what they should have learned in the k12 space is what you are trying to figure out what to do in the last six months of their engineering it's too late to intervene that's when we started looking at k12 space and try to see what are some of the things which needs to the ch- child has to have so that his or her journey becomes smoother after the person gets into you know uh, undergrad programs after 12 so the intervention has to happen very very early and whether you do it in the 5th grade to 10th grade so we looked at multiple age groups and tried to see where should we do the intervention should we do it at first to fourth grade should we start looking at fifth to eighth grade or should we look at high school kids or should we look at college kids and the sweet spot actually is when you start uh, the intervention at the fifth grade so that's the reason why we started at uh, fifth sixth seventh eighth uh, and again there are specific interventions you need to do primarily when we look at fifth to eighth grade we don't want to focus on uh, uh, science and uh, you know mathematics uh, very deeply we are trying to see how do we help them increase their exposure how do we help them uh, give them an experience of some of the concepts they are learning so if you are able to do that and this is a supplementary program anyway right this is something which they will go to the regular school or colleges and we are trying to supplement with additional skills so when you try to do a supplementary program you, it's the whole thing lies around exposure and experience so our focus has been around exposure and experience only so that's the reason why we started with 5th 6th 7th 8th and of course when we started the program we extended it till 10th and we also started getting kids from 1 to 4 so we accept all the kids but our intervention primarily was targeted to 5th 6th 7th 8th now uh, shivu i think uh... the intervention largely depends on all the kids coming to school and you know a uh, lot of face to face time with with the teachers as well as you know the volunteers that are there but i'm sure that has changed in the past 8 months because obviously of the environment um how have you actually been able to work around it honestly we've not been very uh, effective um primarily because um 
again, we are looking at kids uh, who do not have exposure to technology. Uh, you know, people who have the smartphones, who have this uh, multiple devices are only kids uh, who are 20, 25 kilometers vicinity of Bangalore. So if you cross this 25 kilometers from Bangalore, the infrastructure, the connectivity, the, the devices, the knowledge is very pathetic. And most mm -hmm. of the parents have feature phones. They don't even have a smartphone. Right. So, and, and if you talk to any teacher right now in the villages, they're finding it very, very difficult. It's as good as losing a year for that. Uh, we, we can talk anything from sitting from Bangalore because we have connectivity. You know, I have three connect devices connected to my car right now. Just in case this goes, I have geo. If that goes, something else is there. In the villages, you do not have any connectivity. So we've not been effective, honestly speaking, in, in this uh, few months. Uh, so we didn't want to do a half-cooked job. So we actually took a break. And we are going to the colleges and uh, so to the villages right now and trying to talk to the kids and helping them uh, get on with the program. So instead of teaching, we have actually last three months, we have focused on getting them the infrastructure which is required. So we did a drive recently uh, to collect, uh, you know, unused smartphones from our friends and family so that we can donate it to the kids. We always we have seen this happen. Uh, this time also, we were very, very lucky. Within 24 hours, I was able to get 12 good smartphones and all 12 were new phones. People actually, Amazing. you know, just transfer the money and said, please buy the phone and uh, give it to the kids. So we actually went to the villages. We identified uh, uh, kids and uh, we didn't give it to them directly. We told them this is a loaner so that they take care of these phones. And we created a cluster. So we have like four kids using one phone because the, that house is good enough for the four kids to come and uh, sit there and uh, look at it. We also gave the cables uh, which can be connected to the TV. So whatever, uh, you know, PDF files or uh, you know, videos which is sent to the phone, they can actually connect it to the bigger TV and watch it. This is mainly targeting the ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th kids. You know, one good news is we had, I think, seven kids in uh, Belaku uh, who were actually in the 10th standard. Uh, usually in uh, Malavalli, where we have a class, 50%, 40% is a pass rate. This time, all seven kids actually got first class in 10th standard. Wow. So again, I, I'm not saying that we made this happen. We were a part of the journey. And, and again, it was primarily the confidence level which was required for them. The kind, I mean, we gave them whatever we could do in terms of books, in terms of guides, in terms of question papers and multiple things. Nobody even told them how to score, right? We as kids, all we were told was, if you want to score marks, just take this last five years question paper supplementary program papers this and that and just solve it right you will get 70 80 percent and nobody even told them that and we did the same thing we just gave them a bunch of question papers solve question papers and said just go through this and just read it write it you will be successful and actually they were successful the intervention doesn't mean you need to go and teach sometimes it's just the small you know tips which you give these kids yeah. so these kids were getting into 11th and for them it was not just the smartphone which is required. So what I have done right now is we have set up a small computer lab in, in the farm where actually kids can come inside the farm and because we have laptops there. So we have kept a couple of laptops. I put the geo uh, connectivity is okay, uh, not really good, but they can manage. So we have put the whole infrastructure there and we have invited the kids to come and uh, actually take the classes in our farm. Because if you give the laptop to them, again, there is misuse from their parents, from the brothers. They start watching videos. So we didn't want to do that. So we just kept it in the farm and we told the kids, why don't you come to the farm and you know, attend one or two hours classes. So because most of the colleges and schools have this uh, two hour engagement per day. So that's something which we can manage. So that's what we've been focusing on and not really on the teaching part.
it's great that uh, you've been a catalyst in their success uh, shivu uh, so you said you played a very minor part but i from what you said it almost looks like you know you've been you played a major role in their success so that's great you mentioned a couple of times about connectivity right i mean though you were able to share uh, devices with these children and you know provide the li- limited infrastructure i would say what would you recommend you know for places like this what is the kind of infrastructure a basic infrastructure that needs to come in what is the immediate need there so connectivity is everything right if you do not have connectivity uh, it just doesn't work and i'm you know in the last couple of years uh, all the private players have done a wonderful job uh, it's unfortunate that bsnl you know initially a couple of years back bsnl was you know something which we will look forward for for connectivity but today it's not true Uh, it is a private players who have uh, connectivity in most of these remote places uh, so connectivity is something which i think the government or the you know private players have to invest on and of course they don't make money out of it because the number of subscribers are very less uh, so it's a chicken and egg problem but somebody has to make this investment otherwise you know you will lose the majority of india uh, w- without a good connectivity uh, that's one and the second one is electricity uh, karnataka government for example has done a wonderful thing of uh, i don't remember the scheme name i think it's gnana uh, jyoti or something where they give 24/7 electricity to the homes and primarily it is the lights and the fans which they give you cannot connect a bigger device but basically for the lights and fans uh, they do that which is enough to charge your smartphones and you know the basic infrastructure so i think electricity and connectivity right are the two main things uh, which uh, a private player or uh, you know government has to invest on and if there is a csr funds around these things i think that will be a big help for the villages you know it almost uh, sounds funny that you know from my childhood till now the same problem exists that we're talking about electricity in smaller towns and villages yeah. <laughs> see hangarapura is what i would say <laughs> see in my village in hangarapura we get 2 uh, hours of power per day 2 hours now what are we talking about right within 2 hours what all will you do will you switch on the motors will you do this so again there is a challenge government has i think increased it to 4 hours right now but it is not there when you need it solar is an option we have a complete solar farm in our uh, you know uh, in our farm but again I, i had money i could invest so i have done it but how many people actually can do that yeah. so again it comes back to the same infrastructure issues yeah not just how many people can do it it's how many people want to want do it to also do it, yeah. there's a there's a huge difference you wanted to do it so you did it correct and and uh, i mean again sorry to say this but most of the i don't want to name the clubs and multiple uh, you know organization which is doing this but they just focus on infrastructure they think painting a government school is is csr you know just planting three plants outside the uh, government school is csr i mean come on look at the 700 kids who's inside this right what three plants is going to make a difference to them and they are living in a village which has trees all around them so right. planting a tree for them is not a big deal for a guy like me who's in the city who's living in a flat yes planting a tree might be a big thing so most of the csr activities has become a you know just a show and pomp and show right just go there take some photos and the, the paint the school uh, who's going to maintain it right after uh, six months the paint is going to go away but if you invest on the teachers invest on the students that's where the difference is yeah. so again people are doing it but i always tell them why don't you question it why don't you go there and spend a day don't don't read reports don't do anything just go there spend a day with the kids spend a day with the teachers spend a day with the villagers find out what is the problem what can you do to help them i think if you do not do that 
uh, none of the money or bandwidth or time is going to be effective for the kids and the uh, parents and the uh, teachers there. Yeah, I think along with all that, Shivu, one thing that you know I used to see back when I used to be in CSR, it's a lot of companies also go and donate laptops and you know computers and everything to these schools. And with the two-hour electricity and with absolutely no maintenance, these guys really don't have the resources to keep it running, right? So, Correct. yeah, a lot of lot of those uh, very basic issues um, need to be taken care of. But apart from all this, I know that a lot of people want to do, uh, want to kind of give back to the community. There is the intent, but don't know how to do it or they don't have the kind of uh, education or the whereabouts of how to do it. So is there any way that our listeners can actually contribute towards what you're trying to do, Shivu, with Belaku? Definitely. See, the whole Belaku works uh, with the power of volunteers, right? So as you rightly said, many people have intent, but I I have a follow-up question on that. Do they have the content, right? Intent alone is not enough. You need to have... A lot of people want to teach math, but do you know math yourself? Can you make it interesting? So content is very important for me. So we select our volunteers. You know, a lot of people come and say, we want to do this and that. We tell them, why don't you just come and spend a day with us? See what you can do. Look at the children and tell us what skills can you add to them? And that's enough for us. We don't need to come out with a curriculum and, you know, come out with the different uh, worksheets and other things, but you just come and experience with us for a day. Even if you're making a difference to one child, that's enough for us. I'm not saying you need to make a difference to the 105 kids we have in Balaku, but if you can make a difference to one child by teaching them a particular skill, it can be a life skill, it can be a career skill, it can be any of the topics in the STEAM education, we are perfectly fine. Uh, we don't have any specific requirements that you have to teach maths or science. It can be arts, it can be crafts, it can be dance, it can be music, any any of that, right? You can just come in, spend a couple of hours with them, make a difference to two or three children, that's big enough for us. So all the volunteers, I mean, anybody who's listening to this, if you have a particular skill which you want to give it, you know, teach a child, please reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to connect you to the kids uh, we have in our Belaku uh, class. Great. I mean, uh, while you were talking about it, I know that even sports make a huge difference. Right? I, I have seen, uh, you know, people who are into sports coach uh, these, uh, uh, these children on sports and how that makes a whole difference to the way they, uh, to their attitude and the way they look at life and education itself. Um, Definitely. So, uh, in fact, I have uh, studied uh, quite a bit on the multiple intelligence and, and that that's exactly says the same thing, right? Sports is one of the intelligence. It says on how you can engage a child uh, on, you know, you can teach maths through sports. You can teach uh, physics through sports. Uh, you need a person who, he's a sports player, but also understands this methodology of doing it. So we have experimented that. We have had uh, multiple sports personalities, small and big, who have come to the Belaku class and engaged with the students. Sports is something, arts, is, arts, sports, music is something every child will be hooked on to when you say you have a sports class right now, right? It's not difficult to sell the next four hours to the kids. Through that, we can teach a lot, lot of life skills, no doubt about it. So we have done that. So we have, uh, you know, every day we have one sport or the other for the child, children. So we definitely do that. And that's exactly what we're trying to do in the next setup of Belaku, which we are setting up in Tumkur, where we want to start actually with the sports center itself. We don't want to start with the class. We said, why don't we experiment uh, in this place? Uh, this is also around 95 kilometers from Bangalore. We thought instead of doing a class, we just build a sports infrastructure 
we open it up for the schools and uh, you know kids in the village don't do anything don't intervene don't do anything just give them the infrastructure sports infrastructure to start with watch them see how they use the facility after 6 months start with the intervention program so we are just you know conceptualizing this whole thing and uh, the 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 work has just started right now this is in sira which is uh, again 100 kilometers on the other side of bangalore can't wait to see how that works i, I mean it's so exciting you that's going to yeah i can probably i mean i can already see this is going to be really good work and uh, i think the kids are going to love it uh, no matter what at the end of the day when you show children play i think that's when real creativity and imagination comes out so what are your future plans looking like for uh, belku shivu for 2020 and 2021 so as i told you earlier we're going to continue what we are doing in malwali on the supplementary program uh, which is uh, primarily interacting and uh, imparting kids on the life skills and the career skills and the steam education so that will continue there's no doubt about that apart from that as i mentioned earlier we are trying to set up the sport infrastructure in tumkur which is near sira uh, that will be the next project uh, where infrastructure work is already started apart from that we are actually focusing on uh, in bangalore uh, there are a couple of volunteers who are saying we can't travel to tumkur or malwali can we do something in bangalore mm-hmm. so i live in north bangalore smitha lives in south bangalore so we are trying to see how do we work with more volunteers because the more volunteers something else you can do so there are three programs which are starting in bangalore uh, one is actually in my home uh, house in hebbal uh, we started a campaign called as 100 kids 100 smiles we want to uh, reach out to 100 kids in our area because it's this area which is upcoming right now so we see a lot of construction uh, worker kids uh, roaming around uh, they go to a school but uh, i we feel that there's something which we can do with these kids so we are reaching out to 100 kids and every sunday 12 o'clock there will be one skill which will be taught to them so 12 to 12:30 there is one skill taught to them followed by a lunch so we're going to give a free lunch to them so i'm sponsoring that so this is something which is uh, we just announced it and because of the covid we are waiting for the whole thing to settle down we already have got donations which will cover us for next 6 months uh, every you know lunch has been sponsored right now for 6 months and that's something which we got it from our friends and family so thanks to all of them the other thing which we are looking at is uh, we we have uh, working with the corporate right now on something called as gnana kone gnana uh, means knowledge kone means corner so we are trying to set up a kiosk uh, in the villages so we are reaching out to corporates and the government to set up 100 kiosks in a village now this kiosk will have a kind of a hole in the wall concept so you have two computers uh, the solar powers all the infrastructure required we'll open it up for the villagers for adults and for kids so this and this will be playing news this will be playing some you know different things during the daytime if the kids wants to come and use the internet this will be using it so this is a gnana kone project which we are launching with a couple of corporates and with the government of karnataka right now uh, we are hoping to get the support from uh, csr funds on this and the other one is uh, a learning expedition so we are uh, uh, launching a program where we are reaching out to um, paurakarmika kids you know uh, bbmp worker kids and the police force kids the constable kids in our area and putting them together and monthly once we want to take them on a learning expedition so we're going to take them to museums we're going to take them to all the educational activities right because some of the private schools do that regularly but some of the government schools are not able to do this so we are trying to fill that gap trying to create learning expedition for these kids and we have around collected around 30 35 names right now in the vicinity of north bangalore so we're going to collect them and we're going to 
go and uh, you know set up a complete expedition program for them and again we are calling it as learning expedition because we don't want the kids to think that it's an you know offsite we are taking them we want to you know blend it with learning so that's something which we are doing and the last thing we are doing is we are setting up you might have seen a lot of photos and forwards from europe and us and other things where they actually set up a free library outside the house so we are designing a small box which is kind of a free library uh, where we want to give it to multiple areas and keep it in the outside the house uh, just keep books people can come and pick it up and drop the books there so we're going to launch the first two libraries uh, in the next two months so these are some of the programs uh, which we have started uh, um, you know as a part of bedaku 2021 wow lot of good work lot of good work coming our way i guess through bedaku and uh... a uh, lot of improvements and i what i take away also is you largely look at scale right and and uh, accessibility like like the library right which i think is uh, something that people work on but they tend to keep it stationary but you actually thought very differently to that so fantastic yeah. stuff thank you so much shivu uh, for spending this time with us i think what we are we have learned is sustenance is the name of the game and having champions uh in each of the uh areas that you work with because it is you know uh, rural areas and uh, yeah. mostly the underserved sections having a champion who sees it through is extremely integral to the success and it is not just about the intent it's also about the content that you have an expertise in when you think of giving back to the community and most of the volunteers who come in right the biggest thing they will be doing is they will be they will be the role model for these kids we yep. grew up with role models in city most of these kids do not have a role model right they watch somebody in the tv and think they are the role models they never get to meet them in person so all the volunteers who have been a part of belaco actually are the role models for all our kids and they will be really really proud of themselves after 10 years when the child actually walks up to them and tell them you know you spent 2 hours with us and because of you i have taken up something that message they will get i'm sure about it it will take some time but that's the difference they're making to the kids i really want to thank all the volunteers who were part of this we have almost 25 volunteers uh, who dedicate their time and their entire day with us so i really want to thank each uh, each and every one of them great and i think that is the most gratifying experience in your life when you actually impacted somebody's life positively and and they go on to be huge success in their own lives and thank you shivu uh, for actually leading the way on creating a positive impact on individuals and the society and the community and of course thank you very much and of course being on our podcast thank you so much thanks thanks a lot guys you you guys are doing a wonderful job Thank you for staying tuned to Boss DK the podcast. We really appreciate you spending time to listen to us. If you have a unique story to tell or if you know someone who has a unique story to share, then please do send us your nominations on Instagram, Twitter or bossdkpodcast@gmail.com. And don't forget to tell us how we're doing on this podcast. Until next time, keep it real.